0: And this is the course that i've designed and it's got everything in it that i wish i'd have known when i finished cancer treatment and i was lost so you can download that course now and you can start working towards making this your happiest and healthiest year ever i'd love to hear from you let me know what you think take care bye-bye hello there it's gabby here from confidence after cancer and i hope this finds you well this week's episode is about a topic that I get asked a lot of questions about and that is how can you ever stop worrying and if this is something that applies to you I hope you're going to find this useful I've done some reflecting this week about different things that people have asked me and I've got eight tips for you that might help you if worrying is becoming a worry for you so first of all is it possible do you believe ever to stop worrying I believe that it is obviously and that's why I want to talk to you today. There's no judgment here and I will admit I am a reformed former worrier. I used to worry a lot about things that had happened in the past. I'd worry about today and I would worry about what's going to happen in the future and I have learned some tips and techniques that I'm going to share with you today that have helped me to stop becoming an over-worrier. The first thing I'd like to think about is some worrying can actually be productive, and some can be unproductive. And what do I mean by that? Well, productive worrying may be, think of the example of you've got somewhere that you've got to be tomorrow. And so me, I'm I'm using myself as an example here, in the old days, I would just jump in my car, hope for the best, hope that the traffic wasn't going to be too bad, and I would get to wherever I had to be on time and okay. Well, now I think if I find myself worrying about somewhere that I've got to be, I just take that little bit of time to plan and think, Okay, so what can I do to make this journey easier? So what I could do is set off much earlier, give myself lots of time so it doesn't really matter if the traffic is bad or if there's an accident or something that's outside of my control. It's not going to affect me because I'm still going to get to where I need to get to. The other thing I could do maybe is to plan my journey. If I'm going to a new place I've never been to before, I could do some research. I could do Google Maps. I could make sure I know exactly where I'm going to. And again, just give myself lots of time to get there unflustered and in good time. And so for me, that's a kind of productive worrying, worrying about a journey and worrying about a meeting maybe that I'm going to or somewhere that I've got to be. I can do things about that to make that a bit easier. Okay, so that to me is an example of productive worrying. It's it's giving me some solutions. It's giving me some clues on what I can do to make that a little bit easier. Unproductive worrying, and we see a lot of this. And again, there's you know me. There's no judgment here, but unproductive worrying could be something like worrying about the state of the world. And I'm not saying you shouldn't worry about what's going on in the world. Goodness me, there are enough bad things going on. However. Is it helpful for you to be worrying about these things? And I'm not saying you shouldn't worry about the state of what's going on in the world. But for me, this is one of the reasons why I don't watch the news. I don't watch the news on TV anymore. I try not to listen to it on the radio because for me, I find it quite easy sometimes to become completely overwhelmed by what's going on in the world. And that really doesn't help me. Okay. And so, I'd ask you to think about the difference between productive and unproductive worrying. And again, just reflect on it. There's no judgment here. While you listen to this podcast, maybe use this time to think about do you worry too much? Is worrying becoming a a problem for you? And if it is, what can you do about it? Because I've got eight top tips here for you. Things that have worked for me, things that have worked for people that I know. And again, you can pick and choose. Some of these might work for you, some of these might be helpful. I'm hoping so. But I would think, I would ask you to think about the difference between chronic worrying and acute worrying so acute worrying is like something happens out of the blue it's unexpected and it's a a, you know quite a big event in your life and it's it's completely understandable that you would worry about that for a short space of time and I've talked before about our flight or fight response that we have you know from back going back in the day when we lived in caves our natural instinct when we're in danger is to fight or flight. and um, There's other nuances to that as well, but they're the main ones. Fight, flight, or sometimes freeze, thinking about the response that you've got to a, a danger. And that danger can be real or it can be perceived. And that means it can be just in your head. And so if you're worrying or in a stressed state for any length of time, the consequences to that, think about what consequences there are of you living in a permanently stressed or worried state You're not living your best life. You're not living the happy, healthy life that you want to live. So, what can we do to it? What can we do for this? Well, we can think about the difference between normal worrying, we all have worries, we all have concerns, but sometimes excessive worrying where it takes over your life. What can we do about that? And as I said, I've got eight top tips for you. But first of all, think why do we worry? Some people will say to me, oh, you know, I'm just a worrier. That's just the way I am. My mum was the same. You know, I've always been a worrier. There's nothing I can do. And I honestly don't believe that. And I think if you believe there's nothing you can do, maybe you need to stop listening to this podcast because I would invite you to think about the fact that you can change. Worrying for many people, and I include myself in this in the past, worrying was a habit. It was just a bad habit that I've gotten into. And once you've got a bad habit, a habit can be changed. It might take some concerted efforts and you might have to think about it and really focus on it for a little while. But have any habit can be changed. I really believe that. So, why do we worry? And again, it's going back to our ego, you know, our instincts, if you like, our body's instinct is primarily to keep you safe. So, if you worry about a lot of things, the main thing that you, your instincts are telling you is it's keeping you safe. If you worry about crossing the road, and you really worry about it and you worry about going outside of your house you're not going to take any risks you're not going to go anywhere you're not going to do anything and yes that will keep me safe but it will keep me small and will it keep you happy will it keep you healthy will it keep you living the life that you want to maybe not so think about getting that balance as i said there is you know normal worrying about life and about not taking too many risks yeah when you cross the road you want to look both ways but not excessive worrying where you're thinking, I can't leave my house because I'm too worried about what would happen if I cross the road. So I'd invite you to think about, is it possible to change? And if you believe that it is, I'd like you to think about, first of all, your triggers. What is it that you're worried about? And that might be really obvious to you if you've got one overarching worry at the moment, and that could be work, it could be money, it could be relationships, it could be health. These are the common ones. But more and more people are worried nowadays about uncertainty. And, you know, we we all know the the world is a very uncertain place at the minute. And yes, we want to be aware of it. We want to be conscious of what's going on around us. But worrying about things that you can't control is not helpful to you. And I know logically we all know that, but sometimes we do it. And it's a habit that I've gotten into in the past where I've worried about things that I can't control. So what can we do? And the first thing I'm going to suggest to you, and I've talked about this before, is about gratitude. For some people uh, who have a religious practice, this could be saying your prayers at night or in the morning. If not, some people like a little gratitude diary to just write in the things that they're grateful for. I like to, um, when I get in bed at night, is to think about at least 10 things that I'm grateful for that have happened to me in that day. It could be really simple things, you know, I'm grateful for my home, I'm grateful that I've got food in the fridge, I'm grateful for my family, I'm grateful, whatever it is, I'm grateful that I've had a great meal, I'm grateful that conversation that I've had that day, I'm grateful that I've laughed today at something, I'm grateful that I've heard a piece of music that really moved me, I'm grateful that I'm able to exercise, whatever it is that you're grateful for. I'm grateful for my health i really am and once you've been in a position where you have had bad health it sort of brings it into focus how how important good health is okay so first of all gratitude what are you grateful for today and you know some of the uh, ladies groups that i'm in i mean some wonderful um connection groups on facebook And I know there's one lady who always starts a call every morning with, well, what are you grateful for today? What are your intentions for today? What do you want to achieve today? But what are you grateful for? And it is a lovely thing to think about because there is always something to be grateful for, no matter how bad a day you're having, no matter what bad things have happened. The second thing I'd like to suggest to you is a thing called mindfulness. And you may be familiar with this. And mindfulness is talked about a lot. I'm not going to talk in detail about it today. But for instance, people suffering with anxiety or depression or just feeling a bit fed up. Mindfulness can be a wonderful tool for taking you away from those, you know that chitter chatter that's in your head, that little monkey mind that's always telling you things that you can worry about. Just think about whatever it is that you're doing in the moment. It could be as simple as just washing the dishes, but really, really focusing on just washing the dishes and pushing those thoughts away. I was on a call recently with somebody did a lovely, uh, my friend Nikki did a lovely tea ceremony and it was really, really simple. It was five, 10 minutes of making a cup of tea, sitting down in silence, thinking about the tea that we were drinking, being grateful for it, thinking about the warmth of the cup in our hands and just really focusing on it. And I know in the past. When I've been really busy as well, you know, sometimes I may have jumped in the car and driven somewhere and not even remember how I got there. May in the past as well, I've I've made some food when I've been in a rush, sat down, maybe in front of the TV, thrown some food down me and then thought, I don't even remember eating that. So eating mindfully is a really good thing to do as well. If you're focusing on healthy habits, focus, sit at the table, set the table with a knife and fork and sit there. And think about the food that you're eating and enjoy the taste, enjoy the texture and think about how does that food make you feel? And I know when I do that, I become aware of when I'm actually getting full because sometimes in the past I have uh, succumbed to comfort eating. And that's really when I've been I'm going off uh, thinking about something different now. But when I've got emotional problems quite often. I like to comfort eat and I will eat and eat and eat and I won't really feel full at all. I will just eat until the plate is empty. But being eating in mindfulness, it makes me mindful. It makes me aware of what I'm doing. I'm making choices. I'm not just reacting to, to forces around me. The third thing I would suggest to you is meditation. And I have struggled with meditation in the past as a tool for helping you to stop worrying some people really swear by this i need help to do this so i when i'm at home i will listen to a recorded meditation or a wonderful thing that i've recently done is go to a sound bath or a gong bath you may have heard where i went to a meditation center and for an hour i lay on a mat and very gently the lady bang the gong and she played chimes and she played really relaxing music and i still had the little monkey mind I still had the chit chatter in my head but I very gently pushed those thoughts away and thought no just for an hour I am going to lie here I'm going to relax and I'm going to enjoy this sound bath and you know what when I stood up at the end of that hour I felt literally like a jelly I was so relaxed and it made me realize how tense I was when I first went into that session so meditation can really help the fourth thing I'd like to suggest to you is journaling. Now, some people really like to start their day by journaling. And my lovely friend, Louise Fletcher, has published a journal called Rise and Shine. And her shine principles are to start the day by, first of all, taking some time for yourself. It could be five, ten minutes. It doesn't have to be very long. But just to set the tone for your day and, and really getting in charge of your thoughts rather than your thoughts controlling you uncontrollably. OK, so her shine principles are, first of all, to see it, visualize what it is that you want to happen that day. You set set your intention. And then the next bit is the handwritten journal. And some people call this morning pages where basically it's just a flow, a stream of consciousness where you can just write down all your thoughts, write down all the things that you're worried about. Nobody has to see these pages that you're writing. Only you just write and write. Get it all out on paper. And sometimes that can be so therapeutic rather than these thoughts going around and around in your head. Louise's next principle is inner connections of silence, sitting in silence. And the next one is new ideas, maybe podcasts or books or things that you can listen to. Fill your mind with things that you want to. Set that positive intention of thinking, you know, I'm going to listen to something interesting. I'm going to read something I want to learn about. The next principle she has is to elevate your energy by exercising. And the last one is saying it, which is affirmations. And again, these are all things we could talk about at length, but I just wanted to give you a taste of really of what journaling can do for you. And it is a really useful tool when you are worrying is to start your day with the morning pages just by journaling, writing down on a piece of paper or in a book everything that you're worried about. Get it out there, get it out of your head and get it onto the page. The fifth thing I want to come on to is I'm going to touch on this scan anxiety, which is the fear of scans or hospital appointments. And if you're anything like me, you you can associate hospitals with places where bad things have happened in the past, where, you know, you may have had bad news. You may have had horrible treatments. You might have had some pain. You might have whatever. And now I've reframed my scan anxiety into I have a plan for my wellness, and that includes regular checkups and regular scans. And that, to me, I've reframed that as a very positive thing that I am doing to take charge of my health. If you ever have a cancer diagnosis, one of the devastating things is you complete lack of control. There's nothing you can do. You are in the hands of the experts. You are very much in the hands, some people believe, of fate of whether you're going to recover or not. But whatever, that lack of control is one of the biggest shocks that you've got. And so to plan your wellness, to plan your treatment, to plan your plan for staying on top of your health is one of the most positive, life-affirming things that I've done. And I have always invite people to do that. The sixth thing I'm going to talk about is thinking about ways that you can improve your resilience. If you feel that there are certain triggers that always floor you, you know, it could be a certain person that you come into contact with who always gets a reaction from you. There are tips and tools and strategies that you can put into place of dealing with that. But the most important thing is not thinking about the people that you can't control. It's thinking about what you can control and you can exercise, if you like, your resilience. There are things that you can do to build up your resilience where other people's thoughts, other people's actions have less and less of an impact on you. So how would it be to improve your resilience? And I can help you with that if you want to reach out to me. The seventh thing I want to talk about is very much about social and connections and thinking about people that you can talk to that could help you. And it may be, you know, you've got a good friend. If you've got a worry, you can chat to your friend and tell her or him your worries. And that's great if that friend is helpful. But some friends, Once you've told them their worries, they like to say, oh, yeah, but I know you're worried about this. But let me tell you, I've got a bigger worry than you've got. And they like to tell you their problems. And that's fine if you're friends and you share it and it's give and take and it's very much supportive. But some people are not supportive. They're almost listening with an intent of just telling you more about their problems. And that can be fine if you're feeling good. But if you're not feeling good and you need the extra support, think about who you are sharing with. Think maybe about getting some professional help if this is a problem for you. Think about talking to a coach. What can you do? The eighth thing I'm going to leave you with, I'm going to touch really briefly on this today because next week's podcast is all about this topic in detail and that is sleep. Good quality sleep is one of the best things you can do for your health and it's one of the most important things. You know, when you are sleeping, your body is replenishing It's relaxing. It is healing itself. Your body does a wonderful job of healing itself. Think about when you cut your finger. You know, you might bleed for a little while, but then your body is really clever and it sends all the right healing to that cut to make a scar, to make it stop bleeding, to make it recover. And your body, if you give it the right situation, you give it the right support, you give it the right rest, relaxation, the right nutrition, your body will heal itself. This has been proven time and time again. And so next week, I'm going to talk in depth about how you can get good quality sleep. So I'd leave you the question, do you believe it is possible to live a worry-free life? I believe it is with the right determination to change any bad habits that you've got the right tools at your disposal and if you're struggling with any of the tools I'm here for you I have online courses I do one-to-one coaching I've also got a lot of resources of things that I've studied and learned about over the years that I can share with you so please reach out to me if I can help you with any way if you think you're worrying is out of control and it is something that is stopping you living the happy healthy life that you want to live talk to me I'm here for you So, thank you so much for listening, as always. If you've enjoyed this podcast, if you've learned anything or it's helped you in any way, I'd really love it if you could leave me a review or just pop me a question. Get in touch, please do that. As I say, my next podcast is all about sleep, how we can sleep better. And I have to tell you, I love my sleep and I love my bed. It's one of the best things you can do for your health. As always, my love, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe, stay sane. Take care. Bye bye.